0: John and Steven. My
1: name is Cabinet Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. And Doctor Who is back. We said last week we were trying not to get into it. We were holding back as much as possible because there were three episodes. And we didn't want to make any judgments watching the first or second episode. Elliot and I couldn't really contain ourselves. But we this is now. The third episode is launched. We can talk about Doctor Who. So the person I want to talk about Doctor Who most... Has his own Doctor Who podcast. It's been a while since he's been on the show, and uh, he has an opportunity for work. Title. So if you if you haven't looked at the explicit on the podcast itself, he is the host of Doctor Who gives a fuck, which I think sets the bar for where Doctor Who fandom has been up until this last month. But JB Anderton is here. How are you, JB?
0: I am doing fine. I am actually recording from my brand new home. Well, it's. New to us, but it's actually only like five or six years old. We bought a house last month in New Orleans. We've been here for about, it'll be almost two years in March. But uh, yeah, I finally settled in and uh, I have my own room back, which is incredible.
1: Yeah. The last time we talked, you were a Chicago resident. So you've had a lot of, actually the last time we talked uh, on, on a podcast, I think we text a lot. But yeah, uh, the last time we talked was pre-pandemic, so it was um, pre-pandemic.
0: Yeah, there was like a lot everything of everything was different. Oh my god, everything was completely different. Yeah, we talked. I think the last time we talked was, I think it was fall 2019, which was when uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths uh, came out on the CW. Oh yeah, and now that seems
1: like such a it seems so quaint.
0: It's so, now, it's, it's, now, it's now everything is ago. multiverse,
1: and it's like oh yeah, remember when they did that on TV? Yeah, and now it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> completely gone. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm getting Spider-Man No Way Home figure still delivered to my house. Oh, there you go. Well, um, but yeah, no, it, yeah, it's been a long
0: time, John, and I've been really wanting to you know get back on the show and, and catch up with you and and everything. But yeah, it, it was it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but you were always
1: the you were always the Doctor Who expert. I think I, I'm trying to remember when we met because we feel like we've just been in uh, each other's. It might have been I think it might have been part. Yeah, yeah, I think it might have been Chicago Tardis. It probably was.
0: Yeah, uh, I, 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 I do remember. I think I think it was the. Uh, I think we actually like sat down and talk at the DePaul uh, University uh, event when they did Star Trek one year.
1: Right. Yeah, that was it. and that was a good year. And and uh, yeah, so I think I think we've known we've known each other from Geek Chicago circles.
0: Yes. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's
1: some people I can pinpoint. Like, I remember meeting Elliot because he was interviewing Stan Lee. You don't forget that. No. <laughs> but God, a no. lot of people. I don't know. Just <laughs> I've around. been
0: Elliot, I think, a couple times at Chicago TARDIS.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, so the doctor, as I said, the, your podcast has been new. The last time we talked was on Bat 77, your Batman podcast, which is which- returned. Oh, and this could veer right into that. That's yes, yeah. <laughs> that's, I that's decided to image. bring it back. I'm, I, I, sort of altered it
0: slightly. It's only coming out once a month, and I'm, I'm picking issues at random because it just got to be a chore doing it consecutively. So it's like, oh, let's just jump here and there and everywhere. Uh, and I'm actually touching on Brave and Bold. I just, my, I just put out the first episode back last week where I, in, I did a review of Brave and Bold issue one hundred. Which was uh, Batman with the Green Arrow, Black Canary, and Green Lantern, and Robin. And
1: that was kind of a really crazy Bob Haney scripted uh, comic issue. (laughs) Bob Bob Haney, you can see having a breakdown within the art of Jim (laughs) Apparel. Yeah. yeah, It it goes right. It's kind of like late Neil Adams. But Bob Haney was that every month. Exactly. I mean, Jim Aparo is usually the the highlight of that title for me. Yeah, He's the steady hand in that book. Yes, he is. Yeah, we've been doing the same thing since um, uh, we did a Batman Day podcast, and there was nothing new going on with Batman. I uh, uh-huh. have, have been blown away by Chip Zdarsky's run, as much as I've loved him on other things. So I've been nostalgic, and now my younger son has gotten into Batman, so we're doing... We're we're jumping around. We're doing lots of Adam West. We're doing lots and lots of Batman the Animated Series. We've been going through the movies. We watched Batman Forever last week, and no one was uh, impressed. Um, <laughs> and I think I now like that he's, that. I, I still like that movie. I mean, that was that was still for me
0: kind of a nostalgic favorite of mine because I was in a good. I think I was in a good sp- headspace when that came out. Um, I remember that that um, that Halloween that year. I made I I made up a Tommy Lee Jones Two Face outfit, and my best friend Keith was the Riddler, and he like actually like sprayed his hair red, and and we went out, and uh, it was at the this uh, in this, the downtown St. Louis. I we used to go out for Thanksgiving, and uh, or we used to go out for
1: Halloween. Yeah, if you're going out on Thanksgiving, it's a totally different story. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Thanksgiving, and I'm Two Face. And what? I'm flipping a, of a coin people... to figure out if it's breast or thighs. Well, I mean, a lot of people tend to be two faced, you know. And you're
0: sitting across <laughs> them from the Thanksgiving table. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've, uh, yeah, so we've, we've been doing Batman kind of all over the place. Just it's been this, this influx, but Doctor Who, you went uh, when Batman seventy seven slowed down. You started Doctor Who gives a fuck with uh, during Jodie Whittaker's run. Yeah, it was actually right at the start, right before the start of the pandemic, because I, I remember
0: it was that Christmas, uh, it was actually on Boxing Day, uh, my co-host Sean Homrig, who had hosted his own uh, Doctor Who podcast called the TARDIS Tavern, uh, he's originally from Chicago and he was actually uh, in in town to visit family, and we met up at Moody's Pub on Broadway and we were kind of talking about, because I think the second Jodie Whittaker series was going to start soon. And we were just, I mean, I, I, the first series was fine. There wasn't really much memorable to really talk about, about that first series. And um, we just, we both kind of had like, the the attitude is like, well, we, we really don't give a fuck. And I kind of took that one step further. It's like, well, I think it's like, it's more like, Doctor Who gives a fuck, and right as I said that, I thought you know that would be a great name for a
1: podcast. So now, now what do you what? think? That why do you think you stopped giving a fuck? Because you you go back to classic Who, right? You were like a kid yes, they do up with Doctor Who. So yeah, I, like I started watching Baker. it. Yeah, I started watching it in the mid nineteen eighties on PBS.
0: Um, right, I when I when I started watching it, it was like it was like they started. It was like right at the of of uh, of Tom Baker. Into Peter, into Peter Davison. So I kind of watched them in, in in not doctor order because they they went from five to six, then they went de- back to three, and then four, and then five and six again, and then we got seven, and then eventually we got doctors one and two. So, you know, kind of wibbly wobbly order here mm-hmm. for me.
1: Yeah, so for me, it was, um, I always say, It was the thing that was keeping me from watching Monty Python. Uh, (laughs) I would watch PBS channel 21 in New York and it would always run over and they'd always be back and forth in the same hallway. And my, and uh, when I was like 13, 14, I was like, well, this is cheaper than star Trek. I can't go cheaper than star Trek. I have dignity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I, it was something that was in my periphery until I, until Netflix started streaming it. And by that point it was Matt Smith, but uh, I decided to start with Eccleston because everybody loved it and then when Tennant came in then mm-hmm. I really loved it and Tenant's still my favorite doctor and I yeah. felt I felt this slow this slowing down over the years because I feel like I feel like tennant was a peak and then Matt Smith was like Matt Smith was great and Moffat started out really great and the print values were were strong and Karen gillen was uh was a was a fantastic companion who's gone on to have a big career and I but I felt like it was still kind of coasting off that David Tennant high and I love Picaldi but I I feel like Picaldi shook people yeah
0: so Cacaldi- where was
1: where where do you think your enthusiasm started to drop as you said you're, um, at, you're at the beginning of Jody Whitaker and and you're cursing it out um well I mean I'm kind of cursing out doctor who as a whole um but
0: I think for me really I mean I started my previous podcast was who 37 and I actually started that um, uh, right in the middle of Matt Smith's uh, final season. Uh, I think it was the, the, the one where Clara came in. Right. And it's really funny. Cause when I started the, the podcast, it was actually 10 years ago. It was 2013. It was the 50th anniversary. I was getting caught up in all the fervor of the 50th anniversary and, um, I, it was actually, the podcast was my way of getting into Doctor Who fandom because I'm very introverted, um, as you probably can, um, relate to. And, um, it was just sort of a funny way to kind of get into the fandom is to start a podcast. Cause you know, why not? Cause there's like, there's only like a hundred other Doctor Who podcasts that are out there. And, um, so it was really the building up to the end, to the anticipation of the, of the 50th anniversary special, which I think. Um still I think it's probably like the best uh episode uh that the new series uh put out. And when I say new series, it's it's really weird now because basically um from this point forward with Shudigawa, uh we are entering basically the third age of Doctor Who because they're basically resetting the clock. It's series one.
1: Yeah, but I've they're... seen I've seen people listed as series fifteen slash series one. It's almost like Marvel Comics now. Where Basically, like they're, yeah, they're Marvel gets they... number one, but they have like the legacy numbering.
0: And I understand why they're doing that because I mean the
1: the show is on Disney Plus all over the world except for the the
0: uh, for Britain and and Ireland. And uh, if you go on Disney Plus and you see Doctor Who, and if it's starting at season fourteen, I, I can't it keep track of the numbers but it's like if you're you're seeing it as season 14 it's like well I'm not going to watch this I got like 13 seasons of this
1: and Disney Plus doesn't have them they're on max
0: they're on max exactly I mean I I was wondering whether or not they were going to get the new series and it turns out no so I do understand that so basically I'm calling this the Bronze Age uh, Mm -hmm. because Golden Age was 63 to 89 Um, the, the 96 movie is kind of a Anomaly, mm. <laughs> in, in many ways, yes. And then, and then, and then, 2005 to I guess now uh, would be considered the the silver age of Doctor Who. So now we've entered the bronze age.
1: Right. So where do? You, uh, but now, where do you think you started to slow down? Uh, did Jodie Whittaker totally, break you, or were you starting to shrug during Peter Capaldi? I, I started.
0: I, well, I think it was like a little bit like some of the Matt Smith uh, episodes. You watch him a second time and you're like, well, hang on. Wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. And why are they doing this? And it's kind of stupid. And then Capaldi, I mean, I love Capaldi as a doctor. I thought he i thought he could have been like the next best doctor since Tom Baker. Um, he had that quality to them. Um, I mean, Moffat, I think Moffat just stayed on too long. And he was just interested in writing himself into puzzle boxes and just like writing In the sense of, oh, look how clever I am uh, You know, writing this stuff Uh, But Capaldi Was able to rise above it Jodie Whittaker um, I mean, as much as I Applauded her casting And I was actually on your show When she was cast um, It's kind of like The bit in The Nightmare Before Christmas Where the mayor After Jack gets blown to smithereens and the mayor is like, oh, I knew this was a bad idea. I felt <laughs> it in my gut. <laughs> because I thought, well, really, Jodie Whitaker? Because I remember her in, jo- in Broadchurch. and she, did yeah, a- she was great in Broadchurch, a- a- and I loved her in Attack the Block. See, I've not seen Attack the Blonde. I've, uh, I've it's still it on- worth watching. Yeah, I have to find that, see if it's streaming anywhere. But I just thought, her? Really? Okay, let's just see how it goes. But she never really rose... To the the I mean the material, I mean Chris Chibnall was just, I mean when, when they announced Chibnall Was replacing Moffat, I thought Okay, well it's going to be boring But at least I'm not going to throw things in, On the television screen
1: And then and, you were able to do both Yes, exactly <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like Chibnall was just I just don't know I just <sighs> I felt like with Chibnall, I don't blame Jodie Whittaker For this last run um, I think she'd she she did as as well as she could. She's like the Andrew Garfield of Doctor do, of Doctors. Uh, the, she's the Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> um, you, I think
0: I don't know. I I kind of blame her because it's like I mean I know she's been on record saying that she never she didn't watch any of her previous Doctors. I think maybe I mean she was friends with David Tennant because they were both in Broadchurch. Right. She probably saw a few episodes with him and thought, oh, this is how you do it. I just thought I mean I I well on on one of my podcast episodes I. I, I this is this is really bad but I, I I basically said that she was David Tennant with tits because she was just sort of like uh, acting like for for me the 13th doctor was a little girl in grown-up clothes uh who was socially awkward uh playing the doctor I I never believed that she was the doctor, I think she was playing the doctor, but she just just didn't have what it was, and it's a real shame because I mean she's I think she's becoming a footnote now mm. and I you know I, I i mean the the fugitive doctor, the Joe martin doctor I mean if they would have just cast her and had her do the role, I think that would have been more successful, I think
1: yeah i uh, I just found the problem with the series was that Chibnall wrote it as a procedural, and it lost a sense of whimsy. It lost the sense of fun. it It lost its quirkiness. Uh, yeah. and I've heard fan theories of like they were trying they were trying to strengthen her and make and make her not look silly. But in that, they kind of lost they kind of lost why for me, Doctor, Who works because uh, my son, my youngest son has become a big trekkie. ok. And so he's watching lots and lots of trek, and we're watching that together. And then, so nobody wanted to watch the star beast with me because Chibnall had driven everyone away. And I was just kind of, I, I barely got through flux. I was like, I'm just wanted to, I was like watching it for continuity and I was trying to get everybody back and I couldn't get anybody back. And I had it on when my son was in the room and he just started turning towards it. And uh, the key thing I think was they were explaining they were explaining how it worked, and it clearly didn't make any sense. And he looked at me, and I said, "Doctor Who is sillier than Star Trek." And he went, "Got it." <laughs> there you go. And it's just like
0: I—it's I, it, interesting now because we—we went through three new episodes now. We just—we uh, just finished uh, the giggle, and uh, we were kind of clued in. Russell T. Davis was—is—is is kind of. I, I Russell, I mean, my feelings are mixed, are very mixed about Russell T coming back. Because, I mean, this was like almost two years ago that they announced that he was coming back to write the show. And I always thought that, you know, Doctor Who should always be a show that's going forward. It should regress. And I was fearing that this was going to be a major regression. And the first what... thing he did was bring back David Tennant. Exactly. And he did it, I mean, specifically... To bring back everyone who lost interest with Capaldi and Jody Whitaker. And I mean, it's a shrewd move. I don't
1: blame him for it. Yeah, at it's, all. you know what? It's Force Awakens. Because when, uh, when I first saw Force Awakens, the, the one feeling I walked away with was Disney was telling me that we are not doing the prequels. And yeah. I feel like they, I feel like Russell, you know, the first thing they do is they show you a Death Star and they show you Stormtroopers and they show you Harrison Ford, and that they, they it's a that movie is a greatest hits package. It Problem is. Star Wars is they they didn't really know where to go afterwards, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, and I I felt like Russell T Davis was doing that. He's like, he's like, hey guys, don't you miss. Don't you miss it being quirky and silly? Don't you miss David Tennant? Don't you miss Catherine Tate with David Tennant? Mm-hmm. And honestly, as a lapsed fan, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh,
0: no, it was. it was. I mean, it was very much like, I mean, they say he's the 14th Doctor. But I just like, okay, he's just, he's just the 10th Doctor. There was nothing. Because they were saying that, okay, there's going to be some nuances. His performance is going to be different. But I didn't really see him being different. I mean, he was older. It, it was a lot like when they brought back the X-Files for those last two right. seasons. You know, David Duchovny was much older. Uh, Gillian Anderson aged very well in comparison to David Duchovny, I thought. He
1: just looks uh, sad now. He's just oh like God, yes. Not, not pathetic, but his eyes have drooped a little. So he just looks like he, you know, they, uh, Howard Stern used to call him the retarded Richard Gere. When oh, this was first coming <laughs> out. Uh, which is not even a word you can say anymore. He, now he looks like the depressed Richard Gere. He's, he's now completely Richard Gere mixed with Gary Shanley. Yes, you're right.
0: Which is kind of ironic because Gary Shanley did play Fox Mulder in an episode of X Files.
1: Yeah, well, they be, they were good friends for uh, when David Duchovny did Larry Sanders. So that's that right. Was, that's he, right. He was paying him back for that. So they they were actually became really close. Yeah,
0: I'm really surprised that I haven't seen David Duchovny like at the at the con circuit, just looking very depressed behind a desk. He's
1: working. He just did the Pet Cemetery streaming movie. <laughs> Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen it, but I saw a trailer, and his face was in it. Yeah,
0: we recently watched The Crown, and like we we watched uh, Jill- have Jillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher was just fucking scary because she's completely like immersed herself in that role, and it's like I can't believe I lusted after this actress back in the nineties. Yeah? yeah, she
1: throws herself into it. I mean. Um... And you know she's half a degree away from Doctor Who because not only is Matt Smith in the first season of The Crown, but got Gatwa. The one thing people know him from is sex Education. Which exactly. Know, so.
0: And I was really,
1: I was surprised
0: that we got Shudi this early on and this much of shooty early on. Yeah.
1: Um, so you but, know what? Let's let's set the table before yeah. we get too far into it. Yeah, um, we have now seen all three. Mm-hmm. Do you still not give a fuck? Um, in a sense that I don't give a fuck about
0: the fandom in general, because I mean, I I I completely left Twitter. Well, it's no longer Twitter. Twitter no longer exists. No, Uh,
1: I. But uh, I have. I'm one of those guys trying to make threads happen. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm not even doing. I'm too old for that. And you can't teach this old dog new tricks. I'm just sticking with Facebook. That's as much as I'm going to do. But I mean, I have and and YouTube, I, I, I actually have opened a YouTube channel recently, which I'll talk about later. But, I mean, I have seen some people complaining about how Russell D. Davis is is making the show even more woke than it was with Jodie Whitaker. And um, it's just like I don't i I can't get caught up in. I can't get hung up with the mythology anymore. I can't get hung up with established continuity because it's basically just out the window now. I mean, this is basically like a, a clean slate as far as I'm concerned. Um,
1: Dr. Who, Who has always been a magic trick in my opinion. Like, like you were saying about with the uh, Stephen Moffat is like, is oh my god, that's amazing. And then you go back and you're like, wait, I i, I can kind of see him pulling the strings, and you know, that yeah, yeah, he I mean, doesn't go there, and it, yeah, I think the moment for me,
0: the moment I think the moment and, and, and no pun intended there, the moment for me that it just like I, I reached a turning point was the episode Kill the Moon.
1: Oh, yeah, that the Peter Capaldi where the moon is an egg,
0: yes, and yeah. it's like this makes so this makes most fucking yeah. sense, and it's like I, I don't know if this is supposed to be a
1: pro-choice episode or pro-life episode. I still don't know. I I don't know that it really took a stand. I thought it was a fairy tale. But yeah, but, but yeah, I mean Doctor Who is constantly just doing something fantastic and running away from it right, right before you can figure it out. They like yeah. these three episodes I thought some of the ideas were brilliant and I was like, well, why don't we sit and explore that? But it reminds me of Grant Morrison and and I feel like we're definitely living in the darkest timeline because Grant Morrison has not written an episode of Doctor Who yet. Not yet. Not yet. He, I know he's come close and Neil Gaiman's done too. But he, he, I think but Grant Morrison did write a comic strip on
0: Doctor yeah. Who magazine.
1: Yeah, he did. That's but I, got. I, I still think we need an hour of BBC because Grant Morrison does the same thing Doctor Who does. Throw out these really brilliant ideas and you want to sit and explore them, but he's already on to the next thing. And I feel like... Uh, that's the doctor. That's yeah, exactly. That's the character, and they and they addressed that. You know, there was some uh, like this last episode when they started to get into the plot was that everyone thought they were right, and it and it devolved into chaos. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be a great parable for our time. It's Like now we made that point. We're gonna go and do a different thing now. Yeah, I mean he made the point. He, he was uh, not as sledgehammery
0: as as Chris Chibnall was with you know with Jodie Whittaker staring right at the camera. It's like okay, you better just like. You better you better straighten yourself out and like do something about this planet, or else you're gonna end up like these monsters here. Yeah, like the Amazon episode.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think Chris, I mean, Russell T. Davis is a much more skilled writer than Tribunal ever was. Um, he's gonna sneak in the um well, the, the the woke. I mean, you can call it the woke agenda. I don't care. I really don't care. But um I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird because I think Russell T. is purposely, like, poking at the hornet's nest. Um, oh, yeah. I, I love he,
1: that. I, and, he, and he's prescient about the state of social media because in the first episode, we have an actress in a wheelchair who then crosses her legs. But because she has a condition where she can't get around without a wheelchair, but that doesn't mean she's paralyzed. And right. So, two weeks of people on social media going like, she's not really paralyzed. And then he addresses it in an episode he shot a year ago. Yes. So exactly. he, he, know, he knows what the storm is going to be before he sails the ship into it. Right. Exactly. And we have like the the, the, the TARDIS is now wheelchair accessible,
0: which would have been really nice for K9 back in the seventies.
1: Yeah. they got a map anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you never saw, I think you saw there's one shot. I think when he's coming out of the TARDIS, And that was like, I think that the episode before they actually wrote him out, they finally figured it out.
1: Yeah. Well, at least they didn't retcon it in a way that didn't make any sense. I'm still mad that George Lucas made R2-D2 fly. I'm like, how many times was he knocked into swamps and deserts? Oh, God. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. That's what Jeff Goldblum taught us. And if there's one thing I learned, it's always listen to Jeff Goldblum. Because that (laughs) sentence may never end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I, yeah, but I mean the, the the first episode was the Star Beast, which I don't know if you know this, John, but uh, this episode basically qualifies Doctor Who uh, as part of the Marvel cinema, as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is it because, is it,
1: because it came from the
0: Marvel comic? Yes. Yes, it, well, I mean, it was published in Doctor Who Weekly, which I think was published, and then by Mar,
1: yeah, Marvel did a monthly comic that was reprints of the week, right? And it was, and that it- that was actually my very first exposure to Doctor Who. Really? really? Yeah, I was like, why does this guy live in an elevator? <laughs> <laughs> And then my first comic convention guys walked around with scarves and I'm like why are they wearing the scarves they're like that's doctor who I'm like you mean the guy that lives in the elevator they're like yeah it's british <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I forgot about it for another 7 years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I mean the way I got into doctor who I was like a sophomore in high school I think and I it was it was on like sunday nights on my local PBS station and like some of my other high school um like some of my uh, fellow students in art class would talk about it like every Monday. Cause it'd be on Sunday night and they'd be talking about it. And I initially dismissed it as like really cheap, you know, it's cheaper than Star Trek. Right. It's like, it's really bad, you know, but then, I mean, this was 80, like fall of 83 return. Of the Jedi came out and, and it was, it was there and it was gone. And we weren't going to, we weren't going to get any more Star Wars for a long time.
1: That's a really, that's a really, really good point. I feel like nobody ever talks about that was that, as a generation, we walked out of Return of the Jedi going, Well well, well what do we look to now? Exactly. I mean and, and, I think, and that's when I started like reading a lot more Marvel comics. Yeah, for me it was Star Trek. I started
0: watching Star Trek. Um uh, because I really I really liked the Wrath of Khan and um I think I think at that I think well I think the following year uh, Voyage Home came out and that was just like an incredible movie. I actually remember seeing that on Christmas Day. We went to see it on Christmas Day, um, and it was it was very it was uh, that was eighty six, right? Because they had the, yeah. uh, the 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 bit at the beginning about you know, they dedicated the movie to the the Challenger uh, yeah, astronauts. I... Wow, that takes me back um i
1: was a senior in high school when that happened. i was cool. starting high school i'm younger than you i'm actually younger than somebody on the show oh my god <laughs> except how, ellie how feel? <laughs> good like i'm 51 i don't feel younger than anybody Well, i'm glad i was able to do that for you uh um, yeah, you know what you know i'm constantly seeing millennials wax rhapsodic about coming home from grade school and watching batman the animated series <laughs> oh oh <my> god. god. <laughs>
0: I was in college when that came out.
1: Yeah, I was I was get, I was taking the bus home from my college classes and jumping off early to look in Toys R Us to see if they had any Kenner figures.
0: Yeah, I had I had my parents taped episodes of that for me while I was away at college because I didn't have a functional VCR. It was able to play cassette uh, video cassettes, but it couldn't record at all. Yeah. But they had the one that works. It's was like, can you just like tape this for me please? And they they also taped me like episodes of Star Trek the Next Generation and Deep Space Nine when I was like I was away at Collin at the uh, at uh, at Carbondale for like 2 years before oh, I flunked deep. out.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> just now I, I just stayed at Brooklyn so I basically took over my parents' basement so I had my own VCR. <laughs> which there was- you go. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, Fox Saturday mornings, I had a stack of tapes because you had to get the Tick Tape out in and pop in the X-Men tape before mm-hmm. it came on.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: So um, how are you? F- so how did you feel about these episodes in general? How do you f- now that you've seen David Tennant in action? How did it feel? How was your reaction?
0: I was entertained. I mean, um I'm very grateful that this is available on Disney Plus now. Because uh, throughout uh, the run of Who 37 and Doctor Who Gives a Fuck up until this time, I would have to pirate the episodes uh, because I I wasn't um, buying them on Amazon. I wasn't subscribed to HBO Max. Um, I wasn't going to watch it on BBC America because that's heresy. You do not watch anything on BBC America because they just put like 10,000 commercial breaks on it. So, I had the pirate, so I had to like watch him on a uh, on my laptop, and that was one of the I mean, my girlfriend, uh, who well, I mean, she's basically my common law wife by now because we've been together almost twenty years <laughs> and uh, but she I mean, I think she watched like the first twenty minutes of the first episode of Flux, and is just like, you know what? I'm out. And part of the reason was that we were watching it on my laptop. And now we can just put it on our television set in the living room whenever we want to. Now, and this has least. a
1: budget to warrant that now.
0: Exactly. I mean, we only. I mean, we only subscribe to. We've got Netflix. We've got Hulu. We got Disney Plus. We have a free year of Paramount Plus for somewhere. Whatever reason, we got a free year of of Paramount Plus. And I had like all. I was going to watch all the Star Trek shows, and I only got around to watching the third season of Picard which was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Well, and that and that's the thing. This is a year where we've gotten we got the third season of Picard, we got David Tennant back as Doctor Who, and we got Indiana Jones back. This has been a year of returning returning heroes. So Picard season 3 was my high watermark of yeah. of how does that measure up? And I felt I felt like this didn't even try to do that. It's like David Tennant hasn't missed a step. No, he has not. And he's still young enough to, to run. play
0: that role. I mean I loved I mean th- at the end of the first episode where they he goes into the tARDIS and it's all changed and he's just running around like an idiot and I think okay that was probably that wasn't him acting at all. That was him excited that he got to play around in this playground for you know for, for only 3 episodes but um we have this issue. Well, I, I'm not going to call it an issue. I mean, some fans would call it an issue. But we have this thing now where um,
1: it's called bi-generation. Yeah, this, this is... A, talking about magic tricks, this is a complete... This is a complete... And, and the of the
0: of was, I mean, I saw something. There was an article. It was like, okay, this is, this is going to be a complete change of continuity. It's going to piss off everyone. And it's like, oh, God, what's he going to do? And so, yeah, so basically... Um, Tennant gets shot by a big laser gun, uh, by Neil right. Patrick Harris, who plays the toy maker, uh, who was originally played by
1: Mike My- Michael Goth. Yeah, I who... didn't even realize that they were showing the clips, and I was like, I- Is that Alfred? Yes, <laughs> it, it is. is. It's the Tim Burton uh, version of Alfred. Yeah, I've he, never seen him as a young man. He, yes, he did. He was actually, yeah, and this
0: is kind of, I mean, this is probably going to ruin your memory of Michael Goth, but. At that time, he was married to Anarchy Wills, who played Polly, who was like a first doctor companion and was a second doctor companion. And he was like a wife beater, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was it was bad.
1: Swing in London, man.
0: Yeah, there you go. But yeah. But so Neil Chapman. No. And and, yeah, we're sitting and my 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 girlfriend's like, is that Neil Patrick Harris? I'm like, yes.
1: (laughs) That's the one thing we knew, like what we heard. Doctor Who was coming back. I, and now refresh my memory. We had no idea that David Tennant was coming back until the Power of the Doctor aired. Um. Yes. Okay. Because, yeah. because well, that was one of those things where Doctor Who was such a low priority that Max wasn't even running it for for another six months. So it really? just bubbled up on YouTube, and I was like, "Wait, has this thing aired?" And then I finally saw Power of Doctor like eight months later. Wow. Okay. Because it's because it wasn't part of the zeitgeist anymore. No, I mean, I was still keeping up because, like I said, I
0: was still pirating these things and watching them in order to talk about it on on my podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, David. Yeah, I mean, we got the Russell T. Davis announcement. It's, it's, right. it's almost, I feel like it's been like almost four years since that happened, and then we got the announcement that David Tennant and Catherine Tate. We're return. We're going to return for the 60th anniversary, and then there was all these rumors starting about, oh, he's actually going to be the 14th Doctor. I was like, oh no, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen. And then it's like, okay, it did happen. And not only did he change back to David, not only did
1: Jodie change back to David Tennant, uh, her clothes changed as well. And, right, which we all thought was going to be a major plot point There there was a prevailing rumor That Neil Patrick Harris actually forced this For some reason right? But not at all It's No, not
0: at all And it was basically, you know, his clothes changed Because Russell D. Davis was afraid of pissing off uh, The far right Because, you know, we can't have David Tennant In women's clothing It was like, well, wait a minute Not 20 minutes earlier, we had Sasha Dewan Who played the master In her costume And secondly, her costume I mean, I, I think her costume was worse than Colin Baker's. Uh, but I never saw it as very being that feminine. I mean, now, it's, and it's, also it's... in
1: that episode, um, it, this, this underlined how uh, not relevant it was that it was like it, the power of the doctor was like her big centennial reunion. And, and they basically got all of the non-popular doctors and then yes. she wore, she wore, like, they got the fifth and the sixth and the seventh and they got ACE and Tegan. Um, but but she changed her costume to resemble all of those, so she was already in a unisex costume.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. So I just uh, yeah.
1: and it's, it's some of the
0: decisions that Russell T made because I don't know. Did you catch the um, the the red nose? No, it wasn't red nose. It was uh, the children. Oh, children New need. Special. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, um, and then we we see Davros um, as a human being as a humanoid. He's not all mutated. He's not in the Dalek. He's not, you know, half a Dalek. And I thought, okay, they're kind of fudging the timeline a bit because you figured by, by the time he made up the Mark III travel machine, which is what it was called back in 1974 in Genesis of the Daleks, uh, you figured that he would have been already had his accident and would be uh, half a Dalek and and, and, and it only had the use of one arm but it's like okay he fetched the timeline a bit okay whatever i don't care but then russell t davis came out and said um yeah i think that you know portraying wheelchair bound people as as villains is kind of bad so i decided that this is going to be davros from now on and it's like that's not the point that's just uh, uh, yeah you know, i
1: think he did a better job of of you know, the, uh, having the character and unit being capable and able, and having the the uh, tardis be wheelchair accessible, I think that makes the point more right. And average. she and she's like, "Don't." And then in the start and in the starby, she's like, "Don't make it about me. Just get up there and and yeah. and, and do it." You know, yeah. And I, I like that's. I mean, it's a line between inclusion. It's inclusion sometimes means exclusion of something that used to be, uh, perfectly fine, and it's like it is that where do you draw the line and that's that's when the far right start screaming woke it- exactly i mean and then and then we have
0: donna's daughter right who is trans, who is trans and um there was a lot i mean apparently the bbc got over 100 calls 100 <laughs> saying, over 100 wow that uh this was uh not uh you know, this is not suitable for, you know, a, a children's audience. It's like, well, when is Dr. Who ever been at? I mean, it stopped being a children's show. I think it stopped being a children's show when Patrick Trotton came on the show. Yeah, honestly. Um, but there's, there's, I mean, this is some, this is the tiniest thing that makes the far right uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, Rose and she's only really in the first episode and a cameo in the third. It wasn't about that. It was no. it was mentioned and I was like, Oh, do they mean she's trans? Okay, fine. And then just moved right on. So Yeah, but they did make I mean they made they made a point because they had to solve the whole okay. Well, if Donna ever meets the doctor again
0: and remembers him, she's going to die because she's got, you know, the whole yeah. Dr. Donna thing. It's the thing that Russell D. Davis kind of wrote himself into a hole and it took him. You know over 10 12 13 years to ride himself out of that hole and it's like okay well um i passed this on to my daughter who is you know non-binary and just wibbly wobbly she can take yeah. the, well, the, it's the end. it's
1: the end of guardians of the galaxy you know it's the the infinity stone was too powerful for one person so they shared it
0: okay all right yeah um, it's been a while since I've seen Guardians for the Galaxy. As you know, they they had the dance off. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And well we had yeah, when we had another dance off uh, with Neil Patrick Harris and the Spice Girls.
1: Yes, which you know that's Russell T Davies just being it. Uh, it you know it, it brings back the master. That's Russell T Davies being Russell T Davies. Yeah, he's yeah. Always gonna, he's always gonna he's always going be campy. You know. Oh that,
0: God, yes, he's always gonna be campy. That's that's never
1: going to change. And yeah. you know, and that's something that that's him. something that's him. That's something that when Moffat came on, Moffat was a little more serious minded about the universe. He he could still write jokes because I mean you know the guy wrote Coupling. Yeah. So, so he would give everybody one-liners, but he was a lot more straight about the world. And then Chris Chibnall just seemed to have no sense of humor whatsoever. So we're back to the campiness of like, you know, when I heard it was Neil Patrick Harris, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what level we're gonna hit now. You exactly. know, this is this is Doctor Horrible. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, and
0: I, I thought he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, yeah, the the accents were kind of.
1: Well, deliberately yeah, so. so. Yes, they yeah, were very b- so, very yeah. bad yeah, German yeah. accent, very bad French accent. It, it it was him kind of just having fun with people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he, uh, he's a character not from the universe. He's not going to have a specific accent.
0: No, no, he's going to mingle it up. He's not familiar with Earth, you know, yeah. customs and and everything.
1: So, yeah, so I was I was impressed by. How easily David Tennant and Catherine Tate Set back into it I thought the Star Beast was a good introduction Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you pulled an old story uh, That Dave Gibbons and uh, John Wagner wrote Did And then the second one was like I'm going to spend my entire hour With David Tennant and Catherine Tate Have you missed them? Because we're going to show you nothing else But Mm for an hour And that was wonderful But there was this feeling of like I was thinking last week I was like, why only three? What only three? Well, the thing is okay, there is a rumor. There's been this rumor because
0: I've been in, I'm more in the Doctor Who circles than you are, I think. Right. There's this, okay, there are going to be spinoffs. I mean, yes, we're the we now going to be, we, we now have the Who Universe, which is basically yeah. Russell T. Davis, basically. Uh, doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe,
1: yeah, but we've always had that since it came back because we've always had Sarah Jane Adventures, right, we've exactly. had Torchwood, and we had even Class. There, there's, there's Doctor Who. Yeah. has had spin-offs. But there,
0: there is a rumor out there that
1: David Tennant is going to continue in a separate series. Now, what do you think of what do you think of that of having two Doctors with two? with two shows, do you think it dilutes the brand or do you think it just gives an opportunity to tell different types of stories? Um, I think more of the latter. I think I think if people are not going to get
0: involved, if, if people are not going to get on board with Shudi Gatwa, and I mean, I don't see why not, because I mean, Shudi Gatwa, he really he really impressed me. Um, I've never
1: seen a doctor start so confidently. No. like, like, it I'm it always, I'm, like I know guy. exactly who this guy is. I know exactly what he's going to be.
0: I hope I hope they keep that up. I hope because the one thing I really got irritated is that the doctor was always questioning himself. He was always doubting himself, and here comes this new doctor, and he's like, "Come here, give me, you know, we'll hug it out." And it's like, oh my god, this this guy. It's like, you you, you just want to eat him up, you know. It's just, I I I think if they play it right, he can be like, probably the most charismatic the most flamboyant, um, the most colorful, no pun intended, doctor that we've had um, since Paul McGann. I think Paul McGann was a very charismatic doctor. It was a shame that he only had the one movie and the five minutes prequel to the 50th anniversary. Um, But um, I, I hope that this will continue, that he'll be very confident. He'll be very um a little dangerous i i like to have i like my doctors that have a little bit of danger in
1: them so yeah
0: we'll, we'll see if that happens
1: yeah i and i i think we will do that because he does seem to be playing very fast and loose and taking chances right away yeah uh, and he's you know he's getting like an 18 year old companion so there's going to be this energy to it and then mm-hmm. and I could, I definitely could see them giving David Tennant and Catherine Tate another like six episode series. The way I look at it is it's like Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I, when they created Miles Morales, I was like, well, we don't, we don't need another Spider Man. We've got a really good Spider Man. And now it's what, 10, 15 years later, he's had two films, mm-hmm. he's had a video game. The new video game you play is both of them, and they're both called Spider Man. They never right. changed Miles's superhero name. But I don't worry that Peter Parker is going to go away. Like, right. there's just a different kind of Spider-Man story. And I think if they keep Tenant and Gatwa at the same time, I you can do that. It's not easy to do. But it's I, been done before, though, because it was really funny because it's like, OK, this is a lot like that
0: Next Generation episode where Riker got into the transporter accident and got split in two.
1: Yeah, but you only saw Tom Riker one more time on Deep Space Nine. Right, it, you it, know he, he wasn't he, an ongoing concern for him. No, he wasn't. It was kind of like a throwaway. I mean, I wish they would have done
0: more with him, but you know, I mean,
1: I'm surprised they didn't go back to the thread of the the second David Tennant that was created by his hand and living in the alternate reality with Rose. Yeah, I mean, that was
0: kind of that. That did that, kind of sound like.
1: I mean, I, I often use the phrase Doctor Who's greatest
0: hits. Yeah, uh, because it did. I mean, because Rose got. Her own doctor, and now Diana has her own. I mean, they're they're. It's more of a brother sister relationship, yeah.
1: which is great. But she literally, which has again reminded doctor. me of the um, was the Power of Three, where mm-hmm. Matt has to live with uh Rory. Yeah,
0: and I think and... for me, I mean, you know, we have that the 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 last scenes where the doctor, where David Tennant's doctor is sitting. Uh, at the table and we have Mel Mel's back. Oh my God. Mel's
1: back. Uh, yeah. And that, that wasn't it. I really thought that was an interesting thing because at this point you assume that the old doctor reunion is going to be a big part of the anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Matt's and, you know, in the 50th, we got Matt Smith and David Tennant because Christopher X didn't want to be a part of it and they wanted mm-hmm. to focus on new who, but we didn't get, like we Capaldi's never been a part of uh, of an anniversary, yeah. and, you know. Jodie Whittaker just finished. Matt Smith didn't come back. But it was almost. I felt like Davies was Davies was plot checking a lot of the Moffat and the Chibnall stuff, and certainly, yeah. When Patrick well, really Harris does the marionettes of the companions, you get oh, I love that an bit. Answer. I just absolutely love that bit because it's like you
0: know what happened to Amy Pond. She she got stuck in the 1930s, and it's like, well, you know, she lived it all life. Well, that's all right, isn't it? And that's just yeah. like, that's, I that's like, to it a- right there. It's like, okay, yeah, you fucked things up, Moffat and Chip. Well, yeah. I didn't even touch any of the of Jodie's companions, but I I, I love that they brought up the flux, um, and like David Tennant has feelings about it because I just I felt like Jodie Whittaker just you know wiped out half the universe, and it's like, oh, whatever, I don't care,
1: and it happened um, during the pandemic exactly <laughs> we were all like yeah well that ha- that's gonna have to happen <laughs> you
0: know. and it's just like okay i mean it It. i mean i will probably never watch flux ever again but i do appreciate that russell t davis took the time to like okay this this happened you need to deal with this and chibnall just like completely dropped the ball and was you know and, and the whole
1: thing about the timeless child and, oh yeah which, uh, was, which was mentioned in wildly yonder yes it was and he wasn't, that he wasn't really from Gallifrey and it's like oh you're you are going to check this we probably won't explore it no we're you, not going, you to, are going to say yeah this happened and it's a part of canon but you the know, thing it, about well I mean the thing is like it's
0: part of a canon but it's not part of my canon I mean I may sound like uh uh the far right here but I mean I I consider myself a
1: pre Hartnell doctor denier yeah well, you know, everybody, everybody has their blind spot in their franchise. Like I don't like to, I don't like to believe that the clone saga exists for Spider-Man, but I know yeah. there's a, a whole lot of fans that love Ben Riley. And when you put Spider-Man in a hoodie, they go berserk <laughs> it's like, as much as I want to just ignore that, that, you know, that there are Batman and Robin apologists out there. People. Oh yeah, there are. There's there always going to be somebody whose favorite thing is the thing you hate.
0: And that's fine. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the old, the, the, the meme of like the, the the kid playing chess with the mean look. It's like, stop <laughs>
1: liking what I don't like.
0: <laughs> and exactly. again, it's just like, I don't give a fuck about that anymore. I'll, I just rather just, you know, because the whole thing about Doctor Who gives a fuck the, the podcast. I mean, um, I changed the name because I, I, I thought it was a great name. And it's like, you know, you're, you're scrolling through all this list of Doctor Who podcasts and you find that's like, oh, I got to listen to this. But it's basically me. I get together once a month and it started during, it's like, well, we start, we started off. It was my, my friends, Chris Buchanan from Springfield, Illinois and Sean Hombrick from Austin, Texas. You know, we, we each had our own sort of uh, involved in Doctor Who podcasting and we got together after the middle of Jody's second season and it's like, we got to talk about this now. So we talked about that. And then the pandemic happened. And then we did like the next five episodes. And then we were winding down. And we were just kind of goofing around and all that. And it's like, it was almost like therapy. Because it's like, we were very isolated. Um, It was like, we didn't know how long this lockdown was going to happen.
1: Yeah, they just, had no three weeks.
0: Clue. Yeah, we thought it was going to be over in a few And it's just like, it just it just kept getting
1: longer and longer and, and just, you know what one and the one thing we got with that was staged we got we got david Tennant yeah. and Michael Sheen just talking to each other on zoom exactly and that, and, and that became this international hit yeah and, and and it was just like okay
0: this this is great i mean i can't have a night out anymore because we're isolating we're you know we're quarantined but i can do it over skype we can get i can get drunk with my friends get together once a month shoot the shit about Doctor Who and we've been we've been going since and um you know it's it's something i really look forward to every month
1: and uh do you feel like the tone of your of that podcast is going to change i know you're going from this podcast to doing a review of uh, yeah different- i'm going to get more in depth uh with with uh with Sean and Chris
0: um i mean i i mean i'm i'm probably going to maybe either watch the episodes again or, or, or read the recaps on Wikipedia, just sort of keep it all in my head. I mean, I do have, I mean, I do have some, some issues, um, which I, I mean, I'm kind of glossing over right now because um, I, I, this is my second cocktail. This is uh, alcoholic comics as it were. But um, we yeah, just
1: discovered, I, uh, we just discovered a hot buttered rum recipe Oh. Which I was gonna make before the podcast, and I was like, ah, it's not a time to make it. It's gonna happen. Oh man, I, I was out the other
0: night. We went out to uh look at the, the, the lights at the downtown hotels and they had a hot cocoa bar. And mm. oh yeah. Had spice rum.
1: Uh yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, we've been uh we've been doing all our drinking through Fraser. So, oh, so dear. well, so we bought our first bottle of sherry last week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Martin made hot butter rum in one episode and was like, I've always wanted to try that. So, uh, yeah, we're drinking through 90s Frasier.
0: Oh, for net through That's the 90-
1: podcast. Now that, yeah, you go. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't
0: know if the new Fraser is going to be on much longer because apparently it's not
1: great. No, and then- I don't know how the reception has been, but apparently th- when you were saying how you're not on Twitter, I'm not on Twitter anymore either, and I totally missed that we were supposed to hate Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Well, I mean, CNN helpfully reminded us that he he was doing an interview and he
0: was asked about his support of the GOP. And it's like, yeah, I'm still. I'll vote for Trump again, and it's like, oh, and then, like, Paramount was like,
1: no! no! Stop! And suddenly, I David Hyde Pierce not it. returning comes completely into focus. So it's like, oh, there goes Kelsey Grammer's career. Yeah. <laughs> it also, I don't, I like you said, you have Paramount Plus now, but Ellie and I have been watching the new Frasier, and it is like, the writing is not... The level that it was it's not even the Level that later seasons of cheers was It's like See, I
0: never really got into I, I, I don't know I think at at some point I stopped watching Like you know three camera sitcoms With you know a studio audience Because it's I, I don't know I just don't have the patience for those kind of shows anymore I mean I watched you know I remember the 70s my childhood You know we had all in the family we had MASH we had Mary Tyler Moore We had uh good times we had what's happening we had the jeffersons um and i i think the last the, the i mean the last sitcom i watched on a regular basis would have been red dwarf because that was again that was like late 80s early 90s when they stopped making doctor who and it's like well i'll just watch this silly bbc show that's uh that that, that has a, a laugh track but it's it's kind of funny uh, in, in, until it wasn't anymore um but yeah i just i don't really have the uh the patience to sit and i mean i i, I mean our television time we, we usually like not watch you know we don't watch television until like it's like nine o'clock at night and we just kind of do it to wind down and we have certain shows that we watch we actually started watching um no ne- it's interesting because netflix just recently picked up a lot of the dc movies i finally yeah got
1: to- and which is all part of david zaslav selling off everything that he yeah
0: i finally got to see the batman last week
1: oh would you say I, this is your greatest thing in the world this week i think so yeah
0: i mean because that movie came out the weekend we moved out of chicago mm. And we we have not I have not been into it I've, I've not been in a theater since uh, the rise of Skywalker that was the last time I was ever in a movie theater I'm still kind of shy about going into movie theaters but yeah I, I, we finally got to see the Batman well we I mean I think I think near the two hour mark my girlfriend was like you know what I can't I no I just this is it's too dark it's too gruesome it's it's I I just she's she's used to you know Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer—that's her thing. That's fine, but no, it was—it it was. I mean, I—it it, it was a three-hour film. It didn't feel like a three-hour film. I mean, I, I know a lot of people complained about the last act about you know uh, Gotham City being flooded, and that was sort of a well.
1: Know, see, I actually love that. We were talking about that when it aired. I the I I really enjoy the Batman. I've probably seen it like four times now. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Will I will say I I think it captures a Batman that we haven't seen on film before, but no. very accurately captures it. My my only problem is the length, and at the time I was like, well, yeah, let it be as long as it wants because we haven't had one in a while. But I do find that that hurts the rewatchability of it because it 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 does get monotonous. It's a long film, but but I thought it, the last act was brilliant because I thought he flipped look, I can't be it's all I can't be all about vengeance
0: it's got to be actually about helping people yeah and, and, and I've, I've never I've never
1: seen one where he beats the villain then he beats the henchman then he helps the people and mm-hmm. I was like that I, that I found fascinating so even when the flood comes in you're like wait isn't this over we caught the riddler why are we still watching this that is kind of the point and I thought that was I thought that was re- I I love the message of it. It's like, you can't just be vengeance. And he starts out being that. And God knows Batman's been that in the books many, many, many times. And those were the times where I stopped reading Batman.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, I mean, my, my period of Batman in the comics was uh, on the eve of the 89 Batman and probably like a few years after that, when I was in college, and I I I, I had a pull list. I had I was re, had Batman and Detective. That was when Norm Bank Greg Fogel was drawing yeah. the book. Uh, Alan Grant was writing. It was it. on the
1: show before he passed.
0: That's right. Yes, I I, I remember listening to that. And um, and yeah, and I and the, the Killing Joke uh, and uh, the. Uh, the Arkham Asylum graphic novel, which I remember, they they sold like it was almost like like buying a Playboy magazine behind the counter because it's like this is only suitable for mature audiences.
1: They did not you know? know what to do with comics like that yet. No, no, it, yeah, it, I was I was the same way. I, uh, a friend of mine told me to read Dark Knight Returns when I was getting tired of Marvel in mm-hmm. the late eighties, and then uh, I got pneumonia. And on the way home from the doctor's, my dad's like, "Well, you can have a book because you're not getting out of bed." And I bought Dark Knight Returns. And then when no one's looking, I snuck out to the newsstand to buy Batman and Detective.
0: There you go. It was
1: yep. that great. And and it was those issues were Ten Nights of the Beast in Batman and the first appearance of Scar, uh, the Drolquist. Yeah, and I, I was diehard Batman from that point until No Man's Land. And I feel like since the millennium- yeah, that's not when I dropped off too. I think it was it was No Man's
0: it was No Man's Land. It was either No Man's Land or Nightfall.
1: Yeah, I, I felt I was still very very hot during night during uh, between those two because that's like Kelly Jones drawing Batman and uh, Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan on Detective. Yeah, and- I
0: mean Kelly Jones. I mean, yeah, his art style is interesting. Um, I mean, I think he, I would have liked him for like maybe as a one-off, like the Batman Dracula ones that he did. But no, yeah, his graphic really- novels
1: were great. I, I felt like on a monthly basis he had to take shortcuts and that undercut. Yeah, but his whole style, but but I was in it for the whole 90s. And then I feel like the millennium I've read basically all the good stuff. You know, I came back for Hush. I came back for uh, Court of Owls. I came back for Mm -hmm. Tom King's run and I've enjoyed it, enjoyed it, enjoyed it. But I never felt maybe I got old. But I, uh, I never felt that connection that I had in that era. So you and I have yeah. the same era. But that era was also a lot of what the Batman was talking about. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, as you can see, I mean, my era of Batman, um, as you see behind me here. Um, yeah, I, I, it has
1: to be said because this one's not coming out as video. There is nothing but Adam West behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
0: no, that's not true because Adam like West and a couple of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this is this is my midlife crisis right here some people buy red sports cars uh i build a batman i i well i started off as a batman cosplay uh because i i was i was on face i I was actually on the 66 batman message board and someone said someone had a cow for sale a a cow and a belt and it was reasonably priced and Okay, it's like, all right, I'm gonna buy the, I I'm gonna buy this. I'm thinking, well, it's gonna take take me like a year to put together a costume. And then like, you know, six months later, I've got the whole costume. And I just I I cosplayed as Batman for Halloween. I also participated in Chewbaccas, which is a um, it's a it's one of the Mardi Gras events. Uh it's one of the parades. It's basically the big geek event where like all the crews, you have all these different crews. Uh, it's called Chewbacca. It's, it's it's kind of a play on Bacchus, only it's Chewbacca with, you know, Wookiees and shit. Um, and I actually started a Batman crew because no one had a Batman crew. So I started my own crew. So I had the Adam West cosplay. I was, I was going to be marching in this parade. And we were, of course, we were one of the newer crews and we were like near the end of the route. We were at near the end of the parade. So we're waiting forever and ever. And so we finally like start the parade route. We're on the first block of the parade route and my utility belt gets undone. Oh, and I have a pouch in the back and had my phone and my wallets and it just went flying. This is out.
1: literally the end of the first episode of any two parter. Yes. And that <laughs> lost in the parade and the yes, Joker has his yes. utility belt. <laughs> Tune, Tune in tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> and,
0: but luckily someone caught the pouch and like, oh, thank God. Someone someone is actually nice and is like, hey, is this yours? It's like, oh, yes, thank God. But, I mean, I've got this belt that I can't put on now because it's completely undone. So I'm walking this parade route, tr- you know, trying to tr- – doing my best trying to not let the trunks fall down, you know, because the trunks are kind of loose fit. Because, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a little bit mm, – I wouldn't say morbidly obese. I'm, you know, a bit – I've got a spare tire there. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But, uh, but I, I mean, I couldn't see because I couldn't wear my glasses under the uh, the cowl and I don't wear contacts. And like the music was so loud, it's very hard to hear anything. And meanwhile, I'm kind of pushing this cart that has all our throws. And so everyone else in my crew is having just a whale of a time. They're having a great time. And I'm just like, this is horrible. This is, I, I, why did I do this? And you know, my heart wasn't really in it because my girlfriend was supposed to be in the Buffy crew marching. And then, like two days before the event, she tested positive for COVID, Uh, so she she had to sit out. So, so this year I'm actually going to watch the parade because I felt like I missed a lot of things. Because it's like there's all these there's an MST3 take there's an MST3000 crew um there's all you know star trek crews there's um you know all kinds of different uh uh the, the buffy crew and and all in the these handmade throws uh they actually you, most of them like will take these jenga blocks and like paint them and, and everything uh and uh i just felt like i didn't i missed out i i felt like okay i think this time around i'm going to just be a participant uh well, you can't with-
1: see the storm when you're in the eye of the hurricane
0: exactly exactly and yeah i mean i'm at I'm more like the tail end of it so yeah it was um it was an interesting experience i'm glad i did it but then i had this batman costume and i thought well it's a shame to just have it in a box and put it away and it's like well i, I remember sitting uh at a uh at a brewery and we're talking with some friends it's like yeah I'm I, i'd like to get like a mannequin and uh, my friend Lindsay, who used to work for the Red Cross, she's like, "Well, I've got this mannequin in my office, and like my my coworkers keep putting it in like really odd positions to scare me to death. And if you want it, it's yours." It's
1: like, "Yes." So and that's why Batman own. is
0: standing behind you. Batman is standing behind me. I actually patted him up, up a bit. I patted his chest. I I gave him a little bit of a gut. And to complete the look, uh, there's this Etsy uh, seller, uh, William Studios and he is like if you want to, if you're looking for batman 66 replica costume items he's the guy to go to and he actually made a faceplate like a like a face of adam west he sculpted it and he put like 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 glass eyes uh, in the socket wow. and um you and basically you have to like saw the i had to saw the face of my mannequin off in order to think for this thing to fit, you just sort of strap it on and you put the cowl over it. And I've got, a—I have a life size Adam West Batman action figure standing on the corner in my room right here. And that for me is the greatest thing in the world <laughs> for this year.
1: Well, JB, you said you're going to get more into depth on your podcast. How do you, how do people find your podcast?
0: Okay. Well, I, you know, I do, ha- I, I have two of them. Uh, Doctor Who Gives a Fuck, uh, we're actually going to be recording this Friday. Uh, you can just look for Doctor Who Gives a Fuck. I, I, I put the asterisks over the U, uh, but just look that up. You can find it everywhere. I have also restarted my Bat- uh, man, 70s Batman podcast, Bat 77, um, because um, I was still getting feedback. I, I got more followers on Facebook for that podcast than I do for, for the Doctor Who one. And now that I have my own room again, because we were renting a shotgun and I had no privacy at all. But now that I have my own room, I can record serious podcasts again. So I'm doing that once a month now. I'm randomly picking issues of Batman comics. I'm actually going through Barry and Bold. Uh, I actually just recorded a Wolf's Finest uh, episode this morning. Um, So you can find Bat77, 70s Batman podcast. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, Just look for JB Anderton. Uh, on youtube and you can uh, see there's a video of uh my bat 77 cosplay and also the construction of the bat mannequin
1: and if you are not currently subscribed to this podcast you can subscribe to captain of comics or wherever you get podcasts uh be it stitcher be it itunes be it asking alexa to have me talk to you uh uh, and I am a, not on my book. Uh, basically, it's just on Instagram. I have to deactivate my Twitter account, but go to Facebook, facebookcom slash Comics, where we post all the news that's fit to geek. Been posting a lot of Doctor Who trailers in the weeks mm-hmm. coming up. But either way, we will talk to you next week.